Jesus as always seems to come pretty hard when the, the Pharisees try to try to catch him slipping. And, and oftentimes we can hear this gospel and think that Jesus is against tradition. You know, if we, if we just kind of are not really paying attention. And, and we want to be clear that he's talking about the tradition of the elders, not tradition, period. Right? Scripture itself is something that is the fruit of tradition. Right? Before it was written down, it was handed down orally. And so... So that the tradition in and of itself is not bad altogether. But Jesus is saying, look, there's, there's a hierarchy here, and you guys have it screwed up. And there's, there's a chunk of that gospel that, that the, the church leaves out of the lectionary that where he, he kind of goes in, again, on a, an example of how they have elevated the tradition of elders over and above the word of God, the tradition that has come down from God himself. And the, the example he uses, he says, you know, that, that you, take, you take your money, your property, and you, you declare it korbon, which is a way of saying that it, it, was, it was dedicated to God. So this money that I have, this extra, this extra food is dedicated to God, and so it can't be used for, for the works of charity. And, and specifically, he references to, to parents. And he says, so you take, you take your tradition that is, not, that is not part of the tradition of God, not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself, but it's something that, that, that became, again, elevated above the word of God. And so you take, you take your tradition of, of dedicating something to God and you use it to nullify the word of God, meaning honor your father and mother, that commandment. You have now taken your little tradition, and you declare your, 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 your money, your food, your property, Corbone, so I can't use it for anything else. It's been set apart for God. And because of that, I can't use it to honor my father and my mother. So he says, you, you put your tradition above the word of God. And so that's kind of the distinction that, that the Lord is making. He's not saying that all traditions are bad, but ultimately, again, that, that if there is any tradition that springs up, and we have these, right, in in the church, in culture, things that have kind of developed, they should, they should support and nurture what we have received from the Lord. They should be things that assist us in interiorizing even more the law of God. They shouldn't become, become rules in and of themselves for their own end something by which we measure, you know, our faithfulness, our holiness, especially if they, if they lead us to neglect the word of God. And ultimately what Jesus is getting at here too is that this, this observance of the law, this obedience of, of the tradition handed down from God himself, over and above the tradition of the elders is not simply a matter of, of exterior practices. That the whole purpose of it is to get to the heart. And we say that, that, that when, when Jesus Christ redeemed us, he redeemed the whole person. He redeemed the whole person. So it's not simply, you know, 
the exterior. It's not just I can say, okay, Jesus has saved me, so I know that there's potential for me to go to heaven and my body's going to be resurrected on the last day. I'll be in heaven with the Lord. It's much, it's much deeper than that. It says, no, I, I came, my redemption is to penetrate to the very depths of your heart, the very depths of your soul, which is the area from which these, these evils spring forth, Jesus said. His redemption is to penetrate into our hearts so that not only we do, do we not do these things, so exteriorly we, we, we appear to be following the law, but interiorly our hearts are completely transformed to where we reach a point where there's, no, there's not even a desire to do these things. I have no desire to possess something that is not mine. I have no desires of lust. I have no desires to be, to be affirmed and to be praised and to be seen as better or more popular or more powerful than others. And that may seem impossible to us because it's the things that we encounter every day if, if we pay attention to our interior. That there's this constant battle, this constant struggle to overcome these things. And sometimes we fall into the, the way of thinking that, you know, Jesus came to simply, he did away with the law. And so he's going to save me. I just need to say that I love him. I can say my prayers. But as far as like changing these things, changing the interior disposition, changing and, and attacking and, and rooting out the root of sin, I don't need to worry about that. Jesus loves me. I'm saved. No. The Lord wants all of that. He wants, he wants the power of his redemption to touch the very depths of our hearts, to cleanse, to purify, and then to vivify, right, to enliven with his very spirit. And this is what we talk about, of becoming, becoming other Christs, which is what begins at baptism but needs to, to be nurtured and needs to grow, is that, that our hearts actually become one with his. That my desires become one with his. That my understanding becomes enlightened by divine wisdom. That I am infused with, with all the virtues necessary to maneuver life as if it were Jesus himself living in me and speaking and acting and responding to the different people in my life, the different situations. But that requires, again, that, that we actually are present to our interior. I want to always emphasize, again, the primacy of grace. It's the work of grace. That's what it's here for. It's already given if we avail ourselves of it, primarily through reception of the sacraments, through prayer, our individual prayer life, and then through, through the works of charity and striving for virtue. But before I can even begin to work, Right? I can avail myself of grace, but before I can begin to work at these things, as Jesus lists them, he's specific. 
then I need to know which ones infect me the most. I need to know which ones plague me, they, they, they harass me the most, and that I'm more prone to fall into. So that I can then begin to work on not just following the rules externally, but actually rooting out, getting to the very depths of the problem. And so the need, the need for silence, the need for reflection when it comes to this. When I, when I go before the Lord to ask him to reveal myself to me, show me my own heart. And be merciful, Jesus. Please don't show it to me all at once. Show me just the one area that maybe right now is the biggest obstacle to me receiving your heart more fully. And then give me the grace that I need to root that out. Give me the grace to exercise the virtue that is contrary to that. And give me the faith to believe that this is even possible. I think that's something that we struggle with so much, is believing that the Lord can even do this, that I can even, I can even be free from, from those, those, those sins, those interior movements. And it's going to be difficult at first when we begin to, to work at these things. But the more we do it, the more God's grace compounds our actions, our efforts, even though we may fail in that, the more his grace will compound our efforts to, to do the, the interior cleansing, to bring about that interior transformation. I say one of the, the main ways that, that I, can, I can remember this, this particular kind of dynamic in my own conversion was is with the virtue of patience, not that I'm, you know, the, the image of patience, but, but just in reflecting on my own life, recognizing how much I've grown in that, and I know most of you can, can, can sympathize with this, is, is the, the greatest test is, is driving in Baton Rouge. And that, that's funny, but it's like, look, that's, that's a God-given crucible to purify us of impatience. So we should be thankful of that. And I mean, at first, I'm like everybody else. You want to hit the horn, you're yelling out loud even though nobody can hear you. And it does no good except to raise your blood pressure, right? And it destroys the peace. And then at some point, I don't know if it was from a homily that I had heard or from reading something, that it occurred to me, oh, this is an opportunity to grow in virtue. And then little by little, like, so when somebody would cut me off, or when somebody would stop at a yellow light when I know if they could have gone through and I could have made it behind them. When, when that, like, deep breath, Jesus, I offer this, you know, for, for the growth of, of your patience in me. That you may have any impatience and purify it. Right? You practice that, it, becomes a, it became a habit. Before long, and I, I kind of laughed, there was a moment when I recognized, again, this growth. One of these same places where I would, I would frequently encounter the crucible with other people in the car with me, and, and the similar thing happens. Somebody stops, 
when they could have gone, and the people in the car are yelling. And I was, cool, I was cool as a cucumber. It didn't bother me at all. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. And one of them even commented, one of my buddies, like, how are you not fuming at this person? I'm like, I don't, you know, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, literally. But that's, 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 I mean, that's a small example. You know, and, and we don't have to overcomplicate again when it comes to practicing the virtues. And it doesn't necessarily be, need to be something that everybody else knows is going on. It's the simple relationship with Jesus in my heart as we work together on getting at the root of purifying our hearts of the things that defile us so that, that then our actions, our works of charity come from a place of true purity. They're not a facade. They're not, they're not an act. Um, and, and as a result of that, then the actions themselves become infused. They become infused with, with divine power as well and become a witness to the world. So we pray we pray for that grace, Miss Mass, just that the Lord may, may reveal our hearts to us, that we may know, we may know ourselves, know the things that are there that, that need to be purified. We may have faith in his ability to do that, and that we may have the courage also then to begin that work, to begin the work of purification, of rooting out all the evils, all the vices that, that, that have root in our hearts that defile us, that they may be transformed, that we have hearts conformed and configured to the Eucharistic heart of Jesus.